friends. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a special 1 o'clock Pacific time, mountain time episode of the PHNX Cardinals podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable on this Football Friday. He's Bo Brock at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. And Bo, it's now or never for you, Cliff Kingsbury. Go out and save your season Sunday against Geno Smith. That's right. Absolutely. It is mountain time, just to confirm. That's where we are because we're we're holding tight. Go Arizona. No daylight savings time. <laughs> it's for cold us. though. I don't know. Like I didn't sign up for this garbage. I thought yeah, I was look at to- me. I got my Manning like quarter zip on right now. It's it is it's You're a little it's a little cold out there. I will say I was the only media member yesterday, like a fool, standing out there in a t-shirt as the wind was we had Gale Force winds blowing us out there on the on the practice field as I'm trying to see if you know, D, DJ Humphreys or James Connors out there. So I wisened up, but I got the quarter zip and was out there on the practice field today. Did see old DJ Humphreys out there oh. for Third Street Day. We saw uh, James Connor and we saw Buda Baker returning to practice field. But our our good good old friend Cliff Kingsbury not giving us too much as far as what their availability is going to be come Sunday. Called all three pretty much game time decisions. Now, I mean, we can try to decipher. You know, just off of past performance, you know, whether or not we think they're going to play, you know, James Conner, I'm still, I'll believe it when I see it. But as far as the other two guys, as far as Buda Baker and DJ Humphreys, I I got a little bit more confidence that they could be out there come Sunday. Help me understand last week, Humphreys, did he practice like Thursday, Friday? Friday Yep. And then, so this is the second consecutive week that, that Humphreys has done this routine and he missed last weekend obviously against the Vikings. Now, Josh Jones, you would assume not a huge drop off from DJ Humphreys with the way he played last week. But my concern more so is at the running back position, the Cardinals need the physical presence of James Conner back. And you can run on this Seahawk team. We saw Eno run effectively in the first quarter of that loss at Seattle. But man, just you think about when this team wasn't at full strength last year and DeAndre Hopkins was out and Kyler Murray was out. They rode number six, James Conner, was their offensive MVP made the Pro Bowl, right? He had almost 20 touchdowns. I mean, what kind of boost could he give them even in a limited role, Bo? I think it just improves your red zone offense, which has been pretty putrid all season long. What are they in the red zone? They're, they're just they're performing 10% worse than they were at the end of last season, which was not efficient. I think they're around like 33% as far as cashing in touchdowns and that's just not good enough so you add DeAndre Hopkins who's caught every target that he's seen in the red zone uh, since he came back he's three for three Eno Benjamin's been efficient down there but you don't have that guy that's just been money in the bank uh, in in James Conner and sure he wasn't same James Conner but keeping in mind that this team was trailing the the entire time he was healthy so to kind of get a back of his caliber uh, involved when you're chasing usually double digit scores it's it's not conducive to him getting like involved so yeah Mikey to get his physical running style back couple it with maybe more of a thunder and lightning with Eno Benjamin and and probably Keontae Ingram now with Daryl Williams on the on the shelf for the remainder of the season yeah, yeah you gotta like it I'm looking at the box score from the Cardinals loss at Seattle all the way back on October 16th and that day the Cardinals scored a season low nine points Kyler Murray Probably his worst game of the three. year. Twenty-two of they scored yeah. three. Mm, I mean, they, they had the special team touchdown. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, yeah, the offense was abysmal. It was the worst I've seen in the Cliff Kingsbury era. Kyler went for 23 of 37 with a pick. He did rush for 100 yards on 10 carries. But outside of that, Eno Benjamin, 2.5 yards per carry. Keontae Ingram, 2.3. Ertz was their leading receiver. The secondary option was Hollywood Brown, 68 points. The defense played well. Defense gave up under 20 points, should have gotten the W, didn't. What's the X factor this weekend? Well, you look ahead. Robbie Anderson by hook or by crook. Cliff said he's going to get him some snaps. The offensive line's beat up, but the skilled players at least should give the Cardinals more explosiveness than we saw a couple of weeks back in Seattle. When you talk about, I mean, an X factor, it's got to be the interior of that offensive line playing way better than it did uh, a couple weeks ago. That that was the, the real... What really changed the game was it was the pressure that Shelby Harris and crew were able to get and and force against this Arizona Cardinals offense that just completely blew up what they were trying to do offensively, especially close to the close to scoring. And no, I mean, if if you're looking for an X factor, I mean, the difference maker is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. He wasn't available back then. And and I, I think, you know, when you think of an X factor, you think of somebody who's not you know, the usual suspects as far as who you expect to perform at a high level offensively for the Arizona Cardinals. But you have to hope that you get a bounce back from Billy Price at the center position because Rodney Hudson was ruled out as early as Monday. And then that Cody Ford continue and, and Will Hernandez continue to be kind of a steady presence at the guard spots. And then DJ Humphreys potentially being back in there uh, at your left tackle spot. Just just provide some continuity that was missing last week and also just the fact here's the here's another x factor now that i just think about it this is the fact that you're not up there in seattle you're not in front of the 12s you're not in a hostile environment like you were last week in minneapolis which was and unbelievable what they were able to do to the cardinals offense and force Kyler murray to wear a wristband for the first time in a long time i think that the the crowd and, and being at home should steady some things too offensively offensively for this cardinals team Picking spreads. If we lose Sunday, Cliff is F-I-R-E-D fired. Uh, I think that is the general consensus around Cardinal Nation. 80% feel like if Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals lose Sunday, regardless of how it looks, right? Because I don't care if they lose 19-3 to again. I don't care if they lose in a shootout. Uh, it's a loss is a loss in this game. There's no moral victories when you're starting a $45 million quarterback in Kyler Murray and they're starting Geno Smith and picking spreads. While I don't think it would happen on Sunday, we have talked about it at nauseum. Cliff Kingsbury is on the most important stretch of his career, three straight divisional games. I do think that if we fast forward and we're sitting here now at the end of November and they can't beat McVay, Shanahan and Pete Carroll back to back to back with a roster Maxed out at cap space. You got JJ Watt. You got D Hop. You've added pieces in the draft, and you're a last place team this time next month. I do think he would be fired, Bo. Yeah, I, I don't think that you're you're far off there. Uh, I mean, I, I do disagree with it in in the way that they lose. If they come out offensively and, and they put up a bunch of points, maybe score over thirty, and then the defense lets them down, then then maybe. I mean, I think I think they're just you. You try to. F- Hope or you hope, I guess, if this team fails, right? The silver lining would be that they leave without a doubt. Uh, who who's to blame for it? And 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 maybe no crutch that the people, you know, who who put you in a position not to be successful are are identified, right? That stand out. You can say, okay, well now we know that it, it's on Cliff and his inability to get this offense going. There continues to be too many issues as far as getting the play call in. 
wasting timeouts, penalties, and, and just maybe ineffective play calls that you're like, okay, now I've seen it. Especially within the division, we see that this team can't compete with Pete Carroll and, and the Seahawks defense. Cliff can't figure it out. It's just like losing to to Ohio State or Michigan if you're yeah. on the sidelines of either one of those. If you don't do it, it doesn't matter what you do overall because you you can't you can't compete in your division year in and year out. And that, and that's the thing I thought Cliff Kingsbury had turned the corner on last year. You go four and two in the division. I know you started I think undefeated and you lost the final two games, but you're always compared to how you do against your peers. And if you're starting the year 0-3 and swept by what everybody assumed was going to be a last place, not only last place in the NFC West, but one of the worst teams in the NFL in the Seattle Seahawks, the investments they've made, the fact that they're playing more rookies than any other team, you lose to that team in convincing fashion because, let's be honest, Bo, that game in Seattle wasn't as close as even the score indicated. Yeah. That game was over in the fourth quarter because the Cardinals couldn't move the football on Cliff Kingsbury's side of the ball, his savant, the the genius offensively. They couldn't do anything. If you come out again and lose again to Pete Carroll, this would be their third consecutive loss twice at home. If I'm Michael Bidwell, I'm looking around thinking to myself, how and when is this going to get better? And on the flip side, if you're able to win and kind of put a halt to this little mini run that Seattle is having – and get doubt in their mind, and you're creeping your way back to four and five, and then depending on how L.A. looks, we could be sitting here next week and having a completely different conversation. I don't know. It's it's hard for me because they looked good against the Saints, but they weren't perfect. And then at times they look good moving the football against Minnesota. But critical mistakes. When are those critical mistakes going to finally you know subsidize a little bit and this team play a complete fourth quarter, four-quarter clean game we talked about it, Bo, on our only audio-only podcast yesterday. I, I can't think of a complete game, clean wire-to-wire that they played this year. Yeah. No, I mean, and you can't you can't say that New Orleans was because they were pretty absent in the first quarter, and it took really the offense. You got a couple of field goals here from Rodrigo Blankenship at the time, and then you had this, this offense finally find the end zone and, and tie things up, and then the defense really got your back with back-to-back pick sixes, and then you could really – really deploy what this Cardinals offense was supposed to look like. And then it came out of the second half of the locker room in the second half and looked flat again. I don't know if it was just them trying to reincorporate DeAndre Hopkins a little bit more. I saw Kyler force some balls to him, but no, I mean, you should be encouraged by this offense the last couple of weeks. I think that that's something that you need yeah. to kind of pivot your, your, your uh, frustration and, and your hate for, you know, Cliff and, you know, the first six games of the season, you got to separate these last two games because is it it hasn't been perfect, but it's been it's been good enough outside of the errors that they made at the end of the game against Minnesota. So here's here's the reality is like they they continue to be so close. They they've lost only a few games by double digits or or two possessions, right? But they, but you don't have any you can't make those excuses. How how long are you gonna make those excuses and try to feed them, force feed them to your fan base? I mean, at some point you just have to win football games. This is an opportunity. Look, you're playing a, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Like Seattle isn't just playing well. They're playing really great football right now. They dismantled L.A. They handled the Cardinals before, and then they, they won that game pretty easily last week uh, against the Giants. I mean, you, you have an opportunity here at home to kind of really change things as far as how your season's going and how their season's going. 
Jalen Blair in the chat, real question. Cards are one of the most injured teams in the league. Actually beat up scores show that they're the most injured team. Why doesn't cards get benefit of the doubt like other teams? Here's what I will say. Because their quarterback is healthy. And he's making $45 million. And yes, they're missing key pieces. But a lot of other teams that are having success are missing key pieces. And they were already under a microscope with Cliff Kingsbury. Like Sean McVay can have a mulligan year. He just won the Super Bowl, right? The Niners every other year with Kyle Shanahan are inept because of injuries. And right the next back year, they're 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 rolling in. The Cardinals have been inept yeah. in a lot of ways for almost a calendar year. If yeah. they had won the division last year, Bowen won a playoff game and had success. And then this year, taking a step back, we're missing Pew, we're missing Rodney, right? I, and we're missing Hollywood. You know, D Hot missed the first six games. Like people would have sympathy for that. People would understand. But they're losing not only to teams that are inferior, but in, in most cases, in a lot of cases, especially offensively, with his side of the ball, they're not competitive. They can't score first quarter touchdowns. There's, it's one thing to say they have injuries. Yes, absolutely. We should we should be cognizant of that, respectful of that. But you can't not score points in the first quarter. You can't lose to Detroit in embarrassing fashion last year. You can't lose at home to Carson Wentz and the Colts and then have it carry over to this year. Time after time, you're yeah. playing from behind. I mean, they just they can't get a lead in games. That's more than injuries, in my opinion. Right. And and for the most part, when you look at it offensively, it looks the same, right? It looks like the, it's the same game plan employed. And it's like the first 12 to 15 plays – they're scripted, right? And and those yeah. have been those have been the worst plays really called all season long. So you know, the, the, as far as the skepticism that that really started with this with the head coach in Cliff Kingsbury, and why did you extend him? Like yeah. he hasn't done a good job in answering those skeptics. Like there's there's been nothing this season that you could say, okay, all right, he he, he showed he proved here. That that maybe it, it was the right decision to to lock him in for the next you know five plus years. There, there just hasn't been that. I mean, his opportunity to kind of show that without a stack deck, without a DeAndre Hopkins elite caliber wide receiver, that he struggles. He might he struggles yeah. mightily. And I know that across the league you're seeing that. But at the same time, like coaches who can elevate talent, that's that's what you want. That's what you need. And this team needs to 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 add to the offensive mind in, in, in that building, it, it needs to be beyond the two, the two guys that have pretty much been the mainstays the last couple of years in, in Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, those guys at times this season were struggling the most. Yeah. Uh, another comment here, uh, JP, the Rams have the worst offense in football. No one is giving McVay doesn't get a pass. Cliff has been bad. Even has never been that bad, even without Hopkins. And again, I think it just goes back JP to the point Bo just made where it's, he had his skeptics and his critics already, and it's hard. I mean, sure, the league plays favorites, right? But I would argue, you know, I see people in the chat talking about Justin Herbert. I mean, most people do not take Brandon Staley serious, and most people think that even with their injuries, they should win the games that they're losing. I mean, losing to Seattle is not acceptable if you're a Charger fan. So it's not only specific to the Cardinals. Now, we cover the Cardinals on a daily basis here. Yeah. We live, breathe, and eat this team. But you go around the scope of the league, there are other teams that are being – "Quote unquote exposed," and and the Cardinals are in that group right now, and it's up to themselves to to dig themselves out. And uh, listen, you, I, I don't tell people what to do with their money. I only ask that if you if you're going to gamble, do it on DraftKings. New customers can make any five dollar NBA money line bet, get two hundred dollars back if your team wins. 
And uh, not sure if you heard this or not, but you can also boost your winnings 100%. DraftKings step up, same game, parlays. Made some coin last night betting on Thursday Night Football. The Eagles seem like easy money every week. And it's simple for you to get downloaded. DraftKings, uh, use that promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. My DraftKings pick of the week. I like the Packers at minus three and a half at Detroit. They own the Lions for better or worse. No matter how bad the Packers look, the Lions of Detroit uh, do not beat Aaron Rodgers. So three and a half seems like a safe wow. bet, a get right game for the Packers and company, Bo. All right. I know they got a couple injuries there at the wide receiver core, but does it matter? Aaron Rodgers is going to find a way. Uh, we're teamed up with Four Peaks to host our U.S. and Mexico World Cup matches. Yeah, it's November already, and the end of the month, we're going to have some great watch parties for these two teams here. Match day, watch along with PHNX and Four Peaks. We're going to have ourselves some beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances, and more. Check the link in the show notes just below. Got to be 21 years or older. Enjoy responsibly, and I'll say this. I said it in the audio-only podcast. Like I've lived in the Valley a long time, and the last time the World Cup came around, going and trying to watch it at a bar somewhere, it's nearly impossible. You have to get there so early. So it's free. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes and you will get yourself a seat at our U.S. or Mexico watch parties the whole whole way through. You can get your seat right now. You're going to you're if you don't do it, you're going to live in a whole world of regret going forward. We're keeping our conversation going. Cardinals hosting the Seahawks this weekend on Sunday. And Bo, did you know the Cardinals have given up the most touchdowns? to opposing tight ends in the NFL this season. I thought, you know, Simmons and Collins, and we're supposed to fix that. Well, Will Disley's coming to town. He's one of the players I think you'd have to key in on if you're a Seahawk fan to expose in this Cardinal defense. But, I mean, let's go to the, the main event here. Kenneth Walker has been on an absolute tear uh, mm-hmm. as potentially the runaway rookie of the year offensively. Um, the Cardinals were undressed by Kenneth in uh, Seattle a couple weeks back. Very difficult time tackling him in that game. Uh, what do they need to do in your mind to be able to, you know, slow down a guy who's averaging almost five and a half yards per carry for a Cardinal defense that, I mean, they they made out and made a move at defensive tackle this week, but they have been known to give up big plays on the ground. Oh, man. I, I don't know. You just just drop down on your knees and pray the next couple nights, like really hard that, that maybe he, he falls down Danny Jones style. I, I have no idea. I mean, as far as slowing down Kenneth Walker, he's fresh legs. He's, he's a rookie out of Michigan State. Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury even said they interviewed him in the pre-draft process. Loved him. Wow. Very uh, convenient I mean, to say that, Cliff. That Thank kind you. Of stings, doesn't it? But no, I mean, as far as Vance Joseph's his, his scheme has to be right, and then his players have to execute. It just comes down to it, and they're going to have to see some big plays by guys like J.J. Watt, they're going to need Marcus Golden to get back to where he's one of their best edge run defenders. And they're just going to have to contain a guy like Kenneth Walker because this Seahawks team, when they've been able to kind of really establish the run, it's not Russell Wilson. It's not that defense. It's it's more that's what's made that Seahawks team so successful over the last decade plus is when they've been able to get the run game going. When they had beast mode, Marshawn Lentz, it, it was it they they got it going there. When they got uh, Chris Carson and he was healthy, they were rolling. At the end of last season, everybody's like, it just coordinated with Russell Wilson coming, Russell Wilson coming back. But it was also the emergence of Rashad Penny, who was an absolute just beast at the end of the last season. And then this season, when Kenneth Walker emerged, 
it, it's been the difference maker. And they just that's how Pete Carroll likes to win football games. He likes to take the air out of the football and he likes to run it down your throats. And you've got to be up for the challenge of slowing him down for the first time really in his NFL career. It's unfortunate because I, I think the Seahawks feel like both that they're playing for their postseason beginning this weekend because I, you get to six and three. Yes, the Cardinals fell out of favor at six and three two years ago, but they've got the Raiders on their schedule still. They've got the Panthers on their schedule. I mean, we'll see how they do in division against teams like the Rams. They've already been blown out by San Francisco, but they, they're going to start to feel themselves even more. You get past the halfway point and you're in a position. I don't think anybody expects them to win the division, but I mean, nine wins, we've always felt like it's going to probably get you in the, into the dance, into the postseason. Uh, Pete Carroll will be the runaway coach of the year, in my opinion, if he takes this ragtag group of draft picks and journeymen veterans alike to the playoffs. And um, it would be a bigger indictment. Again, I, I, I don't we're not rooting for losses here, but we're talking about in reality, this was a team that before the season, everybody assumed would be two W's. They are full rebuild mode. They gave away Russell Wilson. They got a bunch of assets in the future, right? Nobody took Drew Locke seriously, of course. You know, the rotational tight end that they got, a defensive lineman. It was a trade down the line. That's why they got the multitude of draft picks that they got. To lose this game, the fact that I'm going to do this in real time, this is not good podcasting, but I'm going to tell you, what do you think right now, Bo, the salary cap is currently for the Seattle Seahawks this year? I mean, like how much are they spending on players right now? I mean, there's a floor, obviously, that they need to to get to. Um, I would say 185. I don't know. So next year, so in the spring, right? Because I think there's some yeah. dead money associated to this. They have almost $60 million to spend next year on top okay. of multiple first-round picks. The Arizona Cardinals, we know, are a little bit cap-strapped, and their quarterback's salary continues to go up. So again, mm-hmm. we talked about this on our show yesterday. It's like, who's trending up and who is not? And you have to give Michael Bidwell, if you're Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, reason to believe that it will be different. And right. if you lose this game, that is when I think significant doubt creeps in because it's not a talent problem. Sure, the Seahawks have talent, Kenneth Walker and DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, but they're starting you know, mid to late round rookies all over their defense, right? It's no names left and right. What does that tell you? It's coaching. It's a, a coaching mismatch. The Cardinals have all these supremely gifted players that they've touted up to the media, to the fan base. These guys are going to help get us to the next level of great Cardinal football. And if you're watching, as much as I love him, Zayvon Collins get plowed downfield and run over by Kenneth Walker and you can't stop a nosebleed and you're paying J.J. Watt a premium. And then on the flip side, if you're Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and you can't get into the end zone, that I, I don't. you just sit back and you throw your hands up. If you're Michael Bidwell, you just say, they're doing the opposite. They're rebuilding and we're still getting our ass kicked. Something's wrong here. Right. Right. And then you say, hey, maybe it's time to hit the reset button, you know, all except for the guy I just paid two hundred and thirty and a half million dollars. Right. And and say, hey, uh, I'm selling my house in Paradise Valley. We're going to bunker down. We're going to we're going to get a house together. We're we're moving in with me and Ron Burgundy. He's like, we're going to get it. We're going to get a house together and we're going to figure this thing out. All right. I I missed your musk and we're going to figure it out. We're going to we're going to do this together. You and me, number one. We're going to figure out how to rebuild this thing. But to, it, it takes it takes hitting on your draft picks, and Kyle Odegaard picked that out. I mean, as far as what they did from round one to, to seven, 
and and how they were able to hit guys like Tariq, Tariq Woolen and, and Kenneth Walker in later rounds and then also hit on guys big picks like the the kid out of Texas A&M at, at the tackle spot who's been solid yeah. and you know that it takes for franchises that are on life support and trying to keep themselves out of the cellar uh, it takes a good draft class and and Sean Payton who we've talked about a couple times this week like he got his franchise got infused talent by just a solid draft class from like one to four and, and a guy in the later rounds a third day pick and uh, the Colts have had solid draft pack classes before the Niners have had really solid draft classes before I mean outside of maybe one you know you could say hey Steve Kime had one where he got you know impact players three to four of them you're, you're usually picking out one maybe two it's just it, it's like I, I saw a question in, in the chat earlier and it, it might have been a, Adam or somebody saying that you know if Kime Cliff and uh Maybe it was, yeah, there it is. Thanks, Emma. Our Kyler, Cliff, and Kime all package deal. Can you replace one without replacing them all? Well, look, you're not replacing Kyler. But, you know, to Johnny's point that he's been making all week long is like, if you get rid of Cliff, you are you can't responsibly give Steve Kime the ability to hire a fourth head coach during his tenure since 2013. That would be 10 years that you would have four coaches. That's just you. You. That's not. That's not a reliable GM. I mean, and that's an understatement given what else is on his resume. And if I'm Michael Bidwell, you just have to look Cliff in the eye and say thank you, I, because I think it will be difficult. Like fans will savor Steve Kime being fired. Let's put Cliff for off to the side for a second. If Cliff were Kime were to be fired in January, majority of the fan base would celebrate that. Do you agree with that, Bo? Yeah, I feel like that. That's going to be celebrated. Michael yeah. Bidwell will not celebrate that. He will he will have angst yeah. to do that. He does not want to move off of his good friend. And he knows he watched his father, his late father, you know, Bill Bidwell, go through executive after executive and not win anything. Yeah, and it's it's, Kime, weeks of, it's weeks of ice cream and rom coms for he, he's gonna be heartbroken for a long time. He is. He he's, had, gonna... he's overseen the most successful run of Cardinal football. Whether people yeah. want to admit that or not, that doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to get fired. Let me be clear on that. Right. And if this team takes a plummet down the stretch, you can't in good conscience, and Bo and I have talked about this already, allow him to pick another coach because their process in picking coaches is just, I don't even know what to call it. They lucked into <laughs> Bruce Arians. Steve Wilkes was partying with, with Steve Kime on a beach once upon a time. They've yeah. been turned down by other people. And that brings us back, again, to another point I want to reiterate. If you're Michael Bidwell, you have to be confident that you can get a replacement for Kime, which I think in-house they feel like they have a couple of guys. We know they're going to go in-house with Rod Graves was internal. Steve Kime was internal. Like, think about what you want, but it's either going to be A-Dub or Quentin Harris. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see how they do. But then on the flip side, like, what what coach are you getting? I have to sit back, sit back if I'm Michael Bidwell. And if, if, if Cliff gets undressed by Pete Carroll this weekend and it's not competitive, and I say, okay, I got to eat $30-plus million dollars and then I got to be sure I can go find somebody else that can lead our franchise, that wants to lead our franchise. How how do I do that? That's a, that's that's a lot for him to do. That's mm -hmm. a lot for him to do. Yeah, no, it's it's asking him to do the most that he's ever done, make the toughest decisions he's ever made since taking over the reins of the franchise, like he did really before as they made the move from Sun Devil 
stadium to U of P and now State Farm Stadium. But I don't know how we got from slowing down Kenneth Walker on this all day. I mean, this is no. this is really no. the, where 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 the conversation's it's headed. The state right? of the franchise. It, it, you can't emphasize how much of a must win. As I almost knock over my liquid death, how much of a must win. This is on Sunday for this Arizona Cardinals team. You can't fall to three and six. You have to you have to get to four and five. And then eventually you have to figure out how to slay the dragon that is uh Sean McVay the next week and get to five and five. It's just it's 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 survive and advance at this point. You've you've created zero wiggle room. And you know, Vance Joseph in his defense has to be up to the task of slowing down this guy. You have to rattle the cage. And you have to give this Seattle Seahawks team, who's usually like ignorance is bliss because of how young they are, that the honeymoon phase can't, especially at the NFL, doesn't last as long as it has for them. Like you have to say, hey, this is this is something. It's a long term relationship. It's a marriage, and things do get rocky. Believe me, things are going perfect right now, and the Arizona Cardinals have to be the one that disrupted. They have to be the the hot blonde that walked across you at dinner and you were caught giving a glimpse at it and, and it ruined the old honeymoon phase of we've your all, marriage. And listen, we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> uh the, the hot blonde is not Geno Smith. Geno Smith, uh <laughs> his his cap hit this year, uh three million dollars, five hundred thousand yeah. dollar bonus. Kyler Murray's cap hit uh, in two years is fifty one million dollars. In four years it's fifty five million dollars. Like that, that's all I need if I'm Michael Bidwell. That's all I'm at home, and yeah. I have Kyler Murray, and I gave him a premium, and we worked from sunup to sundown from February until July to give him this contract. And Cliff Kingsbury, you're the catalyst to that. You you make this team go with K1. And if you can't beat Geno Smith at home, however it looks like, I'm sorry, that then time's up. Old Cliff, I, I great guy, great person. We love we love hanging out with him. Bo, Bo sees him every day. Good dude. Is he a great coach? I think we're going to find out pretty soon whether or not he's he's supposed to be coaching in this league. Uh, and listen, underdog fantasy is a great way. You can't bet on Cliff's over under how many times he's going to botch a play call or uh, burn a timeout this weekend. But if you think Kyler Murray and company are going to have a big day, dabble on underdog fantasy. You can search in the app store, click on the link in the show notes, sign up with promo code PHNX. Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars i'm all over deandre hopkins this weekend how can you not be it's been unbelievable 1400 yard pace this season make some money on underdog fantasy using that promo code phnx that's underdog fantasy promo code phnx get in on the action today bo if uh you are in the doghouse if you did get caught at dinner doing what i said then here's a good way out of it go to morefurniture.com show your significant other what they got going on during their show fall class study. right you, Exactly. You could spruce it up, throw some dollars at your living room, your bedroom, your dining room, whatever it may be. And you could save yourself some cash, too, because you're going to get a $100 gift card for every $1,000 you spend. Spruce up your home during the More Furniture's fall sale at morefurniture.com. M-O-R, furniture.com, $100 gift card for every 1000 bucks you spend. All right. Looking at my non-Gucci, it's about that time here on a football Friday as we do our official predictions. I'm gonna lay, I'm gonna give the floor to my co-hosts here. Bo, what do you like in what could be Cliff Kingsbury's maybe final outing against Pete Carroll? We'll see. Yeah. What do you like? This team has to respond. I'm this is this just the definition of insanity, picking this team to win, beating the Seahawks in a thriller 29-26. 
Here are my predictions. Zach Ertz is you talk about the touchdowns that the Cardinals have given up to the tight ends. Well, the worst team in fantasy football against tight ends is the Seattle Seahawks. Zach Ertz had a decent game against Seattle last time. He scored a touchdown last week. He was actually my offensive star of the game last week. Did okay there. I think he's going to have a big game again on Sunday. My defensive star, I'm looking at the guy who's made three game-changing plays all season long, and I look for some more of those come Sunday. Talk about slowing down Kenneth Walker. I know he hasn't been great against the rush, but he's been making big plays for this defense. Isaiah Simmons has a big game for the Arizona Cardinals, and my unsung player is Keontae Ingram because potentially we're looking at a backfield now of Eno Benjamin and Keontae Ingram. I, I liked what I saw from Keontae when he got some playing time against the Saints. I think that he could do it again and maybe then some against a, a rush defense that's not that impressive. Their offensive rushing attack is more impressive than their defensive rushing attack. It's about even what they give up. Uh, so I like Keontae Ingram kind of in a, in a backup role to Eno to get some tough yards, maybe even in the passing game as well. So those are mine. I don't know why I'm doing it, but I'm taking the Cardinals by three, and it's going to be one that you're not going to be able to kind of walk away from your TV at all and have to watch this thing and then turn on the post game and hear Johnny and my thoughts. I'm into it. Uh, we have a lot of the same thoughts on this game, but when I don't see our predictions uh, until live right now on the show, and I'm speaking your language, especially the defensive star of the game. Emma, if we could, my picks for this week, uh, Kyler Murray, I need that Kyler Murray-esque kind of performance. He had three touchdowns in the air last week. I think that continues, um, and I also think he has one on the ground. I think the Cardinals have a robust day on offense for whatever reason. I think it's a get-right game for K1 at home. I think this team got the monkey off their back a couple weeks ago against the Saints. I don't think that home losing streak is weighing on them again. And I think K I think Kyler Murray plays one of his best games of the year. And then on the flip side, the best defensive player for the Cardinals right now, I believe, is Isaiah Simmons. He has the ability, game-changing defensive plays, turnovers. We've been talking about this. This is rookie season when he didn't know the playbook, but we just said, get him out there, and he's going to get you the football. How about that tackle for loss to give the Cardinals another position offensively last week? Uh, the confidence he's playing with, he's bitching at people because they're not getting the call in. You love to see that. The leadership from Simmons. A lot has gone wrong this year, but the ascension of Isaiah Simmons is something that we love to see. And then unsung player, the best outside linebacker right now on the Cardinals roster getting pressure is Cameron Thomas, according to Pro Football Focus. Play him. Let him get after Geno Smith. Uh, with all due respect to Victor Dumakeji and Maje Sanders, I watch 97 produce. Let him eat opposite Marcus Golden. I, you know, if he gets burned in the run game, so be it. But he has an ability to put pressure on the quarterback, unlike many on the Cardinal defense, because their outside pass rush has been abysmal this year. The future is now, and it's 97 on defense for Vance Joseph. And I think it leads to a narrow victory for the Cardinals, maybe a last second field goal. Maybe they run away with it late. It's 26 24. The Cardinals beat the Seahawks Bowl at State Farm Stadium, keeping their season and their postseason hopes alive and uh, even things up with Seattle one-on-one this year. I love it. I mean, it, it, the only thing that has to happen is the Arizona Cardinals need to take care of their end of the bargain here. They need to win this game at home. They've, they've got one win in the last calendar year at State Farm Stadium. I think it's going to make a big difference, though, when you've, when you've seen this team the last two times on the road. They've struggled, right? And they've struggled as far as the communication, as far as the play getting in. They're not going to have those issues this time around, that's only going to help supplement this offense that the last time we saw play at home 
played well enough, right? What did they score? 28 points as an offense plus the yeah. two that you got from pick sixes and they were, they had 40 plus points. So it, it seems forever ago, even though it wasn't that long ago, it, it was, it was, uh, it, you had the Minnesota Vikings game in between that, but I love it. I, I want to see more. I want to see more Cam Thomas and I want to see more Isaiah Simmons, your two top rated pass rush linebackers getting after Geno Smith because he's, 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 as, as far as relative to quarterbacks, he's athletic, but he's not that athletic. Not as athletic as those two guys. And and you just kind of make him look a little pedestrian to below average for the few times this this season. Gino didn't have that great of a game against the Cardinals last time they played. He did not. Here's the problem with Seattle is that if you if they get a lead early, they think they can play and 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 Pete Carroll's got them believing. Well, they've only had one non-close game this year, and that was week two against you know, the 49ers, they lost 27 to seven. That was the game Trey Lance, you know, fell in. But for the most part, they beat the Broncos in a nail biter. They lose to the Falcons close. They beat the Lions narrowly. They have a close loss at New Orleans. They've won three in a row. Cardinals, Chargers, Giants. Everybody, I mean, those are at least preseason Chargers, Cardinals, playoff teams. Giants now a playoff team. Uh, And they won convincingly last week. Like, to your point, Somebody has to step up and say, no, 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 this is this is garbage. You're not supposed to be good this year. You're Geno Smith and Pete Carroll without Russell Wilson and lay the wood on them. And I think you can do that. I think what the game plan that we saw kind of similar to Carolina when they came to State Farm Stadium last year and the Cardinals had Colton Coy and they jumped out to the early lead and that game was never close because they said, you know, even though we're Carolina, no one takes us seriously, meaning the Cardinals, you have Colt McCoy and you're undermanned significantly. And so I and the Cardinals have been playing great football at that point. I the, they need to be shown with a double digit deficit. The the problem with that is though the Cardinals don't score points in bunches. They don't jump out to early leads. That's why this is so frustrating because you feel like you put up ten to fourteen points in the first quarter against them. I think this game's over. I really do. You make them one dimensional. They get out of their sink with Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker. But if you allow them to drive up and down the field and you're playing from behind, it will not go well. It's, no. they, you cannot be dependent on fourth quarter comebacks and two point conversions and onside kicks like good hell cliff. I've seen that time and time again. Most of the time it doesn't work out for you. So if I, if I'm a fan at state farm stadium and I'm using the game time app and I'm scoring some tickets, mm-hmm. I want to see this team jump out to an early lead for once convert in the red zone. God, they're, they're due at this point, right? We're pleading with them. Yeah. I mean, please. that's the craziest thing to me is like, even a blind squirrel finds it not every once in a while, right? But it's it, they still haven't done that offensively in the first quarter. They haven't accidentally just scored a touchdown. It's unreal. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this team, one of the matchups I'm really curious of seeing, and, in, in, you know, you talk about stopping the momentum and bucking the trends so far through the 2022 season, is Tyreek Woolen versus DeAndre Hopkins. I want, I want to get my popcorn out for this one. I want to see the rookie – have his welcome to the NFL game against yes, Nuke. I want to see it. I, I need to see it. It has to happen because he hasn't faced a guy the caliber of, of DeAndre Hopkins. He wasn't available last time. Woolen had a good game against him. Um, and then, like you said with McCoy, McCoy was so good last year in distributing the ball to his playmakers. we got to have another big game from Rondell Moore. It can't be one and done and then figure it out for the next game. Like He's got to start to show some consistency. Zach Ertz, as I, I picked as my offensive player of the game, if you can start hitting on all these guys and consistently yeah. move the chains, be better on third down and way better in the red zone, 
Like what you're saying as far as getting out to an early lead, that's not going to be a problem if they can do that. They can move the football earlier in games now with D-Hop. We saw it against even Minnesota last week. They moved the ball effectively. The conversion or lack thereof in the red zone is a problem. And I, I just think that they were so they were the best red zone team during that 10 and 2 stretch last year because of number six. He gave them a physical attribute that they do not currently possess, especially now with the interior offensive line being so susceptible to pressure for K1. The margin for error in the red zone has been dismal. Now you assume you've got James Conner back, hopefully, even in a limited role, and you've got Hopkins. And you saw what Hopkins did to supplement the red zone last week with the one-handed interception. I do not want to see anybody else but those two guys get the early targets in the red zone, assuming Conner plays. No yeah. more fades to Rondell Moore. You know, Zach Ertz, to me, on a screen pass here and there is fine, but he's been targeted too much in the end zone. It's got to be D-hop and then running the football north and west with James Conner. That's what worked last year. Those are your two players you've invested a premium in offensively. And then mixing in, I think, Kyler's legs a little bit, boots, rollouts. They can get 20 to 20, but can they punch it into the red zone? I'll tell you who's keeping you in the red zone. Our buddy Howard at gophnx.com. He's got his definitive preview article up now. You can read it. You become a member for just under 60 bucks for the year. You can cop a free T-shirt from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. My tees came today. They're in the mailbox. I can't wait to sport them. Hollywood Hills on top of Camelback, the touchdown T-shirt. How about that shirt? I got it waiting for me. Can't wait to sport it potentially as early as this weekend. And then that's my favorite right there. How can he not love the touchdown celebration? I hope we see some touchdown celebrations this weekend, Bo. You might be there in person. You will be in the press box. We got somebody from our PHNX audience about to join you as we're giving away two tickets, two premium tickets in the end zone for this weekend's game. Drum roll, please. I have the winner here. Again, to enter this, you had to have taken a screen capture, subscribing, five-star review on the PHNX Cardinals podcast, responding to my tweet. Emma, do you have it up on the screen? I don't have it up on the screen, but <laughs> then I can do I, I'm going to, well, I, you know, we, we're not doing this, you know, throwing this together last minute. I got the winner right here. I just, you know, I didn't want to overstep the winner of the ticket giveaway and a free entry into the PHNX tailgate for Seahawks at Cardinals, Sergio Montoya on Twitter, S M A N eight Sergio uh, gave us a nice five star. He's been a big supporter of the show. He is our winner at random for the two tickets to the Seahawks game. Sergio, congratulations. Hope you Hope you bring us a W on Sunday. See that Zach Hurts? Yeah, con congratulations, Sergio. Zach Hurts just looking at the numbers. It's he's gotten 14 opportunities, targets in the red zone. He's come down with seven of them. So you know it's 50-50 mm -hmm. if he's gonna in, in three touchdowns. So he's he's been as far as the guy that's been able to cash in for you. But with DeAndre Hopkins back, maybe that opens some things up for him. Uh, Zach Hurts made a, a career out of being a, a huge red zone target. It's just you need to see more consistency since DeAndre Hopkins could come back. I mean, Kyler Murray is a completely different, better passer down there close. It's not and it's, it's so much better to watch such a better brand of football than those first six games. Like Hollywood, who I saw again, walking around fine today. Cliff said he doesn't know what his timetable is coming back, but he was like, he had that one catch at the end of the, the chiefs game. But other than that, he didn't make any catches really in the, in the red zone. Uh, so there was nobody you could rely upon during those first six weeks. Now you can, and, and hopefully, you know, I, I don't say you just completely dismiss 
Ertz in the in the red zone, especially against the Seahawks team. I think he could be a big weapon for you. He scored two touchdowns against him last season when he played for him, and McCoy was the quarterback. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it's just it's it's a take care of business Sunday, right, for the Cardinals. It's it's you, you throw everything at them, whatever you got. You act like there's no tomorrow at this point, playbook wise, uh, personnel wise, and, and make sure. You know, because if you lose and you fall to three and six, zero and zero and three in the division, it's over. It's not over, like you know, statistically, mathematically, but it's over. It's not over in the sense we're not going to be here because this is right. PHNX Cardinals. This is Cardinal therapy. Hopefully, for a lot of you, we're getting through a tough season. Hopefully, things turn around Sunday. Regardless, Bo, myself, Damian Anderson, Frank Sanders, bringing you premium post-game coverage. We got the halftime show. Bo will be live from State Farm Stadium. After the game, get his insights directly from Cliff, Kyler, and company. And in the meantime, be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. We're having a great time here, persevering. We're not officially on you-know-who, Sean Payton watch here, (laughs) but you know I had to do it one time. Keep the good faith. Keep the hope alive. We'll see you Sunday. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Have a great weekend, everybody.